You're listening to Biz Growth, a podcast dedicated to helping small, medium, and large businesses stay up to date on the best strategies and tactics to thrive in such a competitive landscape. We discuss topics like content marketing, Facebook ads, B2B marketing, B2C marketing, and much more. Let's get into the show. Hi, this is Cedric, your host, and today our guest is Brian Clayton, the CEO and co-founder of GreenPal. How's it going, Brian? Hey, good. Great to be here, Cedric. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, honestly, I'm really happy to have you on the show. Um, I'd like if we could potentially start by you giving our listeners a little bit more background about who you are and, I mean, uh, how you guys at GreenPal saving the world. Yeah, so co-founder, CEO of GreenPal, and one sentence, GreenPal is the Uber for lawn mowing. So everybody needs to get this chore done, get their grass cut. With GreenPal, you just download our app and you get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service in less than a minute. Hire them, hire them to come cut your grass. If they do a good job, you just book them for the entire lawn mowing season right on the app. So it kind of just happens in the background, kind of set it and forget it. Uh, before Green Pal, I actually had a lawn mowing business. I started mowing grass in high school as a way to make extra cash. And I just stuck with that business all through high school and college and, and grew it little by little. And over a 15-year period of time, I grew it actually into one of the largest landscaping business, businesses in the state of Tennessee. Uh, got it to over 150 employees, over $10 million in revenue. And in 2013, I uh, was able to navigate that business through acquisition, and it was acquired by one of the largest landscaping businesses in the United States. So grew up growing that first business from zero to $10 million in revenue, no, no employees to 150. I learned a lot of like lessons on how to build a business the hard way and uh, applied all of those along with my industry knowledge into GreenPow, uh, which is now a marketplace, a digitally enabled marketplace that enables this one service to get done uh, in a snap. So that's that's kind of 20 years of, of, uh, of entrepreneurship. Uh, yeah. And I've never, never had a job, never had a boss. I've always worked for myself. First of all, congrats on all that. That's honestly just awesome. Um, well, one thing that, yeah, one thing we're going to be talking about today is actually that, right? So the importance of really understanding the foundation in business and the foundation is probably sales, marketing, service. Those are the three main ones, but things like also finance and uh, web development. So, you know, you've been there. Um, so I feel like you're in a really, really great spot to talk about that. And I know we hear a lot about having your specialty, right? So being specializing in one thing and yes, everyone needs to specialize in one thing because we all do that one or two thing that, you know, that's just, those are just the things that we do best compared to potentially other people. Some of them is just more visually and it's potentially the design. Some of them are really great copywriter um, and some of them are really great uh, web developer, right? We all have that, have that one or two thing that we do best, but it's important to have the foundation and know a little bit about everything uh, for various reasons. That's exactly what we're going to cover uh, in this episode. So Brian, really take us to the top. So why is it important to have, you know, a foundation of all these different things? Yeah. I mean, first off, great topic to tackle because a lot of, it doesn't get talked about a lot. And a lot of times you can listen to an interview and not learn anything. And so this is a very practical thing that every new business owner, every entrepreneur needs to really think about. Um, if you think about business ownership and entrepreneurship as a video game in terms of like levels that you have to like uh, tackle and, and beat uh, as you, as you go through the journey, like level one, you know, you, you, you don't even need to worry about 
the things at level seven, eight, nine, and 10 on level one, just get through level one. So level one might be like your first hundred K in revenue, first 250 K in revenue, like just get through that. And to get through level one, maybe even all the way up through level five, you have to be a generalist. You have to be pretty good at a lot of things. And so there's the concept of 80, 20, uh, like 20% of the, of the effort and knowledge will get you 80% of the acumen and results for pretty much every uh, skill set you're going to need it, whether it's copywriting, web design, leadership, management, finance, marketing, sales, all these things. If, if you, you dedicate yourself to learn like the 80, 20 piece of it, you'll get pretty good to where you can self execute in those early days and to where you can delegate uh, from some sort of position of knowledge and, and, and a little bit of mastery. So that 80, 20, like uh, application to all of these things you're going to need to be good at and then, and then go deep on one thing. And so you've seen this framework a lot where it's like a T where it's like all of those things I just listed. And then you go deep on one thing uh, over time that can kind of be like your uh, competitive advantage. But in the early days, you got to be decent at all this stuff. And, and to, and to go back to another, uh, video game metaphor I, I swear to god i don't play i don't play video games all day but i did as the kid and so uh another video game metaphor is like in the in the in the uh video game uh, super, uh mario kart super mario kart uh you had all these different drivers you could pick and they were all really good at one thing like like princess was really fast off the line toad was really good at handling around curves bowser was really had a really high top end all those drivers really excelled at one piece of the game but there was one driver, Mario, who was pretty good at everything. He wasn't like the fastest driver. He wasn't the best handler. He wasn't the best off the line, but he was pretty average at all of the stuff. And so he was a good driver to pick if you were new to the game. And so it's a it's a, an analogy I like to use for business. If you're just getting started, you're going to kind of have to be Mario. You're going to have to be able, be able to be adaptable and do all of these things yourself and learn the 80-20 of all of them. Yeah, 100%. I feel like you're also a great example to that. So you want to talk a little bit more about just your experience because you went from, you know, cutting your ass to now, would you say that, you know, you're a software developer or close from it or you basically, you know, a lot about it, right? So how did you go from that or more of, I guess, a physical job, you know, a physical labor to actually knowing things like HTML, potentially JavaScript, Python, um, you know, there's a bunch of different languages out there, but I feel like, you know, you went through that. Yeah, I, and it was hard, but uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, by Mark Zuckerberg. He says, don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. And you, you look at like Mark Zuckerberg, like that dude was running a billion-dollar company when he was 19 years old because he was able to uh, surround himself by by resources and people and learn as like a sponge as much as he could. So that is something I try to like in a small scale, like apply to my life. Okay, well, I don't know how to do this stuff, but I can learn it running my first business, I didn't know how to hire people. I didn't know how to lead. I didn't know how to manage. I didn't know how to, how to, uh, really pay, pay close attention to, to the finances of my business and understand the unit economics of it. And I had to really learn these things on the fly in order to survive and win in that business. And so selling that company, I, I started my second business, GreenPal, which is in the same industry, but it's really a totally different mm -hmm. business. It's, it's a digitally enabled marketplace. And uh, kind of my naivete is what got me into, into the business. I didn't understand how hard it was going to be to execute at building technology. And I was confronted with that. Uh, my two co-founders and I, we didn't know the first damn thing about 
about building software, but we decided to start this business. We paid a development agency in Nashville $150,000 to build the first version of GreenPal. We launched it and it was a total flop. It was a, an abysmal failure uh, because it just didn't work right. Nobody wanted to use it, didn't have the features we needed. And so when we started getting feedback from users on, on that first product, we started that we were confronted with the reality of if we're going to build a software business, we're going to have to learn how to build software. And so we, we just de dedicated ourselves, dedicated our lives really to building this business and learning the skills we needed along the way to, to execute the things we were going to need to do. And so, you know, this concept of like work-life balance, um, I think is a myth in the, in the early days of any business because half of your week, whether it be 40 or 50 hours of a week is going to be spent on like hustling the business together. But then another 40 or 50 hours is going to be spent on learning, like watching mm. YouTube videos, taking online classes, listening to podcasts like this one, reading the books, all of the things you need to be doing to work on yourself so you can then even have the skills that you're going to need to have to, to be in the game. And so for us, that was a three or four year process of learning the stuff we needed to learn for software development, taking the classes online, putting those the knowledge to use on building a second version. And now it's gotten us to where we are today. You know, we're, we're a seven year overnight success. Yeah. And again, if it's easy, everyone would be doing it, right? Oh, and absolutely. 100%. And I really love this example because for so many people, they would look at this and the situation you were before, you know, the situation you were in and be like, okay, crap. Well, I don't know a single thing about HTML or software. Well, at this point, you have two options. You either hire a company to do it or you learn it yourself. At first, you decide to hire the company to do it. But uh, you kind of mentioned that a little bit, but when you don't know uh, like the foundation of web development, how are you supposed to explain your ideas to a software developer, right? Uh, I mean, unless you're really just really good on paper and you guys spend hours and hours and hours just having like, you know conversations about it, which obviously that would bring your, your build pretty high. It's really hard for someone else to kind of bring your idea to reality when you don't know the foundations. Like you don't need to know everything about, like, again, like uh, web development, whether that's HTML or JavaScript or Python or anything like that, but you just need to know enough so that you can understand what's doable and what's not. But I mean, at the end of the day, everything's doable, but what sort of library or even language would you need to make these sort of functionality happen in your software? So again, you don't need to know how everything works together. Just having a basic overview is like, oh, okay, well, if I wanna do that, um, that's actually CSS, you know, or okay, that's the HTML part of things. Um, if I want, you know, to store a variable somewhere in my program, that's how it would be done, you know, but potentially not knowing how everything connects together, but just having the foundation and absolutely 100%. And if you don't have that, like it's going to basically happen, what exactly happened to you when, you know, when you first launched your, uh, your, your, your beta, right? Your, your first, oh, yeah. uh... I, mean, <laughs> I did, I did, I did everything you just said wrong. And it was only until I did it wrong that I was I confronted with the reality that I had to do it right. And this applies not only to software development, it, it applies to everything. Mm -hmm. um, your bookkeeping, you need to do your bookkeeping for the first year yourself so you understand how it works. You understand how you can pop up a PL. You understand what a balance sheet is. You understand what, what your costs are. And you understand like, okay, this is how I keep tidy books. And now this is how I delegate it. You need to do this for your sales. Uh, whether it's inbound or outbound sales, you need to be the salesperson cold calling 100 or 1,000 people a, a week or month and running that sales process and tuning that before you hire your first salesperson. 
The same thing goes for software engineers if you're going to be in the technology business. Now, if you're running like a home building company or a roofing company or, or something like that, okay. you know, you're not in the tech business. Yeah, you need to like have a good website and maybe you have some online ordering and and you and you're instilling technology into your business and that's fine. But if you're building like the next app that's going to be like the Uber for home cleaners, you've got to learn how to build software because you just won't even know what the hell you're doing. And I, and I know because I've been there. And so when you're when you're delegating, there's this concept of like stewardship delegation, which is, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we do it here. I know because I'm doing it and, and I need for you to do this because quite frankly, you're better at it than me and you can do it faster and, and at a higher quality than me. But I'm delegating this to you as from a stewardship standpoint. Whereas most people try to delegate this stuff from, from uh, abjuration, which is like, oh, I don't want to do my bookkeeping. It gives me a nightmare. And so you handle it. Or I hate the idea of cold calling somebody. And so I don't want to run this sales process. You handle it. Like that abjuration is a recipe for disaster because you don't know how to measure it. You don't know how to delegate it. You don't even know how to coach this person. You don't even know what you're looking for. And so like I've done all these things wrong. I just did. I've, I, mm-hmm. I, I have hired a sales guy because I didn't want to do sales. It was only until I did sales and then I hired the person to run my process that I have success in running a sales team. 100%. Usually you should hire a salesperson to help you save time, right? When you don't have the time to do sales anymore. And that's exactly what we're going through in our agency right now. Uh, but a big thing is hiring talent, right? We talk about that. You know, you see this everywhere. But how do you know how to hire talent or how do you know how to find talent if you don't know what talent is, right? Because you really don't have a clue, let's say, how to do your marketing or how the the fundamental of, you know, building a website is. How do you know how to hire talent? That's why it becomes really important to just understand the foundation and the basic. And we see that with our agency all the time. Um, We start, you know, working with a client that have worked with another agency in the past. And um, when we start working with them, they don't have any data. They don't have any, oh, no, we right. don't have anything because the agency owns our Google Analytics. They own our, um, you know, everything. They own all our data. They own our tag management system. They own everything. Well, again, if you would have done any sort of advertising or marketing or even some research yourself, you would have known and understood that these things are really important to keep that in-house and never really just give it out to another agency. Another agency can come in and work with you on these sort of things, but it's really important to own your data. But again, you don't know that if you've never done that in the past, right? You're just going to go ahead and sign and let the agency manage that for you. But those are different things that we see all the time and and it sucks. But when you don't know a single thing about something, (laughs) it's someone can potentially take advantage of you. And you feel bad as, I mean, I'm, I've never ran an agency business, but, but you feel bad almost yeah. because they don't, they don't know. And, and uh, the other thing, like if you're, if you're going to hire an agency, if you're going to hire a freelancer or you're going to even bring on an employee or a team member, they should be kind of accelerating something that you're already doing and doing it better, but they should be accelerating something that you're already doing. And so uh, the, again, like trying to delegate this stuff before you don't have the first clue about it is a recipe for for disaster. I get I get people hitting me up all the time. I do I do a podcast like this almost every day, and so I get people hitting me up like wanting to pay me for coaching. And it's, and it's like, first off, thank you, but 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 I, I do coaching for free uh, for a, a few dozen entrepreneurs in, in my where I live in Nashville as a hobby, but I'm not interested in, in selling coaching services. And the other thing is, is like everything I'm telling you is like available on YouTube, is available on a quick Google search. 
and in blog posts or or podcasts or videos from people way smarter than me. And so and so it's like a lot of the times people want to delegate stuff because they just want to skip over the hard part of doing it themselves and learning it themselves for a while. And and I think that's that's why most businesses fail. It's because they don't want to go through that hard part of the journey. And that's where the concept of work-life balance comes in on the first five years of a business. It's why this stuff takes a lot of hours because you're you're learning it as you're doing it. If 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 you're if you're actually doing it right, one hundred percent. And honestly, especially if you're listening to this and you're getting started, um, one thing I can say is like you can still you know have some time with your friends. I mean, right now we're in quarantine or depending on where you are in the country, but you know, you can still have some free time or watch a movie, you know, potentially on the weekend oh, and yeah. like that. It's just having, a, you know, a proper schedule. And right. let's say you're driving somewhere instead of just listening to the radio or music. Why don't you, again, listen to this podcast or listen to another podcast or listen oh, to yeah. an ebook. I love audible. Um, I, I, I love it. I always listen to books. I, I love audiobooks uh, just because I prefer uh, consuming my content and, you know, in an audio way sort of way. But uh, yeah, there's so many different ways that you can consume content. One thing I do every morning is something called Kaizen, which is a Japanese term meaning that you're constantly improving a specific skill. So right. I take 30 minutes to one hour. I wake up a little bit earlier, uh, whether that's YouTube or sometimes I buy courses or there's even things like Udemy where you can buy like a course for like yep. $20. So really there's no excuses. Like all you need is just like not spend it hours, hours every day, just set up 30 minutes to one hour every day, right? In the morning or afternoon, whenever, find a day during the day to do that. And just Kaizen, like I said, right? Learn about something. And that's where after a year, two years, you'll basically be an expert on whatever you're Kaizening, right? And it's Absolutely. like building an empire, right? You don't Absolutely. build a, yeah. You don't build an empire overnight. You put a block every day and then eventually you'll have your empire. It takes a long time to manufacture that momentum. It takes a long time for, for you as, a, as the entrepreneur to develop around the business. And I'm not the same person today that I was seven years ago when I started GreenPal. And that's one of the beautiful things about business is that it causes you to level up as a human being, as a leader, as a manager. There's all sorts of things that's going to be required of you to make it in business. And so you kind of you can look at it that way. It's like, wow, look at look at how this business is improving me and making me more humble, making me wiser and smarter. And, you know, like this this self uh, like being determined and like this self-management is one of the hardest like aspects of this. And one thing that I you know, I struggle with it, too. But one thing that I do that helps me with it is is I'll put like trip wires in front of me. And so while you know, let's say you got, you know, you want to execute a PR strategy, like PR sucks. I mean, you have to email hundreds of, of journalists every single day. Somebody's got to do that hard work. Like it's one of the most like difficult, long games there is in business, you know, but you know, you should be doing it. And so one thing that I do is that I'll, I'll hire a, a PR like a coach or like a strategist that makes $250 an hour. And I'll pay her for one hour a month of her time. But I know when I meet with her, I need to have my stuff together and I need to have done all of these things in order to make that exchange valuable for her and me. And so that's a little tripwire that I put in, in front of myself and in front of my team. It's like, OK, we have this coach that we've hired or we've had this expert that we've hired for like an hour or two of their time. But they can they can hold us to be accountable to do the things we need to be doing for when we interact with them, when we meet with them. So that's just a little tactical thing that I do that helps me uh, make sure that we're doing the things we need to be doing because quite frankly I don't I don't want to email 
a hundred journalists today. I, I don't do that anymore, but there was a time I mm -hmm. did. And, uh, and now somebody on our team does it cause I've delegated it. But there was a time when I did email a hundred journalists every day to get them to write about green pal. And so now we, you know, we still do these things, but we have in, in our kind of our path, uh, little trip wires that make sure that we're doing the things we need to be doing. Yeah. I'm sure right now you have some sort of like SOPs, um, you know, about how do you do it? Or if not, you have some, at least something in your mind, and you know, what's going on and you know what the process looks like 100%. Um, Absolutely. But, but Brian, again, thanks for coming on the show. That is it for this episode. If you know, anyone wants to stay connected with you or learn more about our green pal, what is the best way they can do so? Yeah. So life's too short to cut your own grass, if, especially if you're starting a business, uh, you, you need to be working hard, not, mow, not mowing your yard. <laughs> so you can just download green pal in the app store or play store. You'll get hooked up with a good lawn mowing service in less than a minute. Uh, anybody can look me up on LinkedIn or uh, Twitter or Instagram. My handle is Brian M Clayton.